Hi, and welcome to the Confident Woman Podcast. I'm Rachel. And I'm Erin. And we're here to keep it real, raw, and what it means to be the confident woman. All right, ladies, today we have a guest with us. We are chatting with Nikki Arisman. She's a brand designer and strategist, host of the Business of Branding podcast, and creator of Brand Identity Breakthrough, a multi-six-figure self-liquidating offer. So Nikki helps female service providers and coaches build a binge-worthy brand while staying true to you. So I think that's all super important thing because A, who does not want a binge-worthy brand and who doesn't want it by being themselves. So this is great. So I'm excited to have you, Nikki. Thanks for hanging out with us. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. So pumped. So it sounds like you've done a lot of things <laughs> from what I'm reading <laughs> in your bio. So I'm assuming a lot of this got started. It sounds like you started um, like a multi six figure women's active wear. But is that kind of how it got started with building brands? Like, hey, I'm good at this. Kind of, yeah. I I mean, my I went to the art institute. My background is in graphic design. I dabbled a little bit in textile design and other things. So I whether I was like building something. I think my first like brand was like an Etsy shop I created for myself. But while I was doing that, I was working for other companies and licensing. So I've always been in like the brand building space, whether it was for myself or for other people and, you know, building their brand. So I feel like I've always kind of been dabbling in that, but yeah, I feel like Jiva, which was my activewear line was really kind of my first endeavor into modern day branding because then social media got introduced, which kind of totally changed the way brands are available right. and growing. Right. So that was really kind of my first, oh, okay. This is like not the same as it used to be. Now. <laughs> even five years ago. Yeah. Right. Well, that's super cool. Actually, what, what got you into the activewear creation aspect of it? Uh, being broke and teaching yoga and not <laughs> ha- being able to afford nice yoga pants that I wanted pretty much. And um, I, so I was working in New York in licensing, like I said, and, you know, I went down and visited my mom in Florida. I was talking before we started recording about her being down here. So I came to visit her and I, you know, I was doing the whole, like waking up and it's dark out, getting into the city, walking through sludgy, snowy mud to get to my office. Then by the time I got out of there, it was dark. And then I'm like trucking the yoga. If I even got there you know, long story short, I was in Florida visiting her kind of like, what am I doing? Like, I, you know, I like barely even see the light of the day. And so I ended up finding a yoga teacher training down here in Jupiter. And on a whim, I just, I went up North back up North long story short, like left my job, packed up my apartment and like put my dog in the car and moved to Florida and started this yoga teacher training. And while I was doing that, you know, I had a little bit of money saved up, but not like not like I don't have to work. And so, and, or I can afford Lululemon. Right. So I was like, just like, huh, I, I bet I could like learn how to sew these. So I ended up like YouTubing how to sew leggings and like buying some fabric at like Joann's. And I started, I made myself like a couple pairs of leggings and then people were asking me like, Oh, where'd you get them? And I've always had like a very entrepreneurial spirit. I feel like it's my mom is that way. Like my, me my sister and my brother and my mom all have our own businesses. So it's just like in our blood. And so I, uh, quickly, this was in 2013. So 
social media was like, it existed, but it really wasn't, it wasn't utilized nearly to the capacity that it is today. So I just started documenting on Instagram, like this sewing process and this like, you know, product creation process. And, uh, with the, I thought that maybe I'll start something with this. And so um, long story short, people, which the story isn't really short, but people like <laughs> wanted, you know, they were like, where'd you get them? And so I ended up launching this Squarespace website with different legging patterns. They were all like funky prints that I had. And I taught my sister how to sew and we just started sewing leggings. And, uh, so that was really like the birth of, um, of Jiva. And then it evolved into like so much more, which we can talk yeah. about. If you want. Ooh, <laughs> I still, love does it that. Still exist? Um, no. So I, we sold the business in 2017. Um, I was pregnant with my first child coral and I just was kind of like, I want to do more. I don't know what, like, you know, and I really didn't have like a business background. So we were manufacturing and being in like, quote unquote, the fashion industry is so interesting and so different than running an online business because you're dealing with inventory overhead, um, you know, like timelines and manufacturing and like in fashion specifically, you're working like a year and a half ahead of when the product is actually going to be released. So there was all these, like, I ran into all of these, like, I don't, kind of just like, I don't know what I'm doing issues. And I was just really stressed out. And I'm like, I don't, this doesn't feel like the end all be all for me. And so my sister and I were in business together. We ended up finding someone who wanted to purchase the business we sold it. And um, now it's, I, I think it's like fully dissipated. They unfortunately didn't really do too much with it, but it was wonderful. Wow. <laughs> no, I, I love that because I can relate to all of it. You know, when I created my own uh, athletic line uh, a few years back, actually, I was kind of in the same situation. I was like, I'm sick and tired of clothes not fitting or the way that I like it. And so I always had that mantra, if it doesn't exist, create it. And so when I uh, launched uh, I Am Athletics, that's kind of what I did. I went open my notebook and start sketching designs and then starting that process, like who can make that happen? I, mm-hmm. you, you don't want to give me a needle and thread. So, you know, <laughs> but it was, it, I, I was just curious to know how you got started and then uh, very similar. So yeah, awesome. But um, I sold it and it got you into, you know, where you're at right now with branding and, and yeah. helping other entrepreneurs get their you know, message, their brand, everything out there. So segue into that. How, how did that all get started? Um, you know, obviously from selling of your company, but like, what was that? This is my jam. This is where I, where I belong. This is what I want to do. Yeah. It's funny you say that. And I'm like, is this where I belong? Like, is this, I don't know. Like I'm always in this very like evolutionary process of like whatever I'm doing, but selling, selling Jiva. And then I sold it in August, really like September, everything got like finalized. And my daughter was born October 4th. So like, I very much was like new mom was recently married, like sold this business. My identity of who I am was so it's it, here in Florida was so tied to Jiva. Cause I, I moved here in 2013 and I started Jiva in 2013. I met my husband because he has a surf shop and they were my first retailer of my clothing line. That's how I met him. So, you know, I very much was just like, it was like Jiva, Nikki, Jiva, Nikki. And so I went through this 
undoing um, after I had my daughter and I sold the business of figuring out like, what do I want to do? Like, what, what do I want to do? What did I love about that business? Like, how do I like get back to me and the things that like I love doing um, and that I'm good at and that, you know, bring me joy in addition to like, I'm sure a lot of people listening here and you can relate, like I'm a pretty multifaceted creative, right. And, and, or just entrepreneur, like there's a lot of things I can do and I've fallen in the hole of like, I'll do them all. Right. And so I went through this period of just because I know how to do it doesn't mean I need to be doing it. And so I got back to my roots of brand of branding and brand building. And that really kind of started out with consulting other businesses that were similar to mine. It began with other activewear lines and just businesses, small businesses that were female ran that I knew through having Jiva, right? I had created so many contacts in such a network. We were primarily wholesale. So I dealt with a lot of other business owners. Um, And so I started working with them and then, you know, so I was consulting and then I sort of got into like, they really need help with messaging and yes, like their visuals, but like, that's only one part. Right. So then I started getting into this whole brand strategy thing. Um, and that was four years ago. And so since then, um, my services have evolved and the way that I work with clients in an intimate setting has evolved. And then I really got into like the digital products and, you know, these easier entry, lower ticket products that give them the tools and resources to do these things on their own, because so many small business owners, they don't really have these budgets for an agency, right? They don't have the budget to spend thousands of dollars on a brand identity design. And to be quite honest, like being in the branding space, not every person that I get on the phone with am I like, yeah, you should spend $5,000 on brand identity. Like they're not there yet. They don't know enough about their product or enough about their demographic or, you know, and that sort of raises this whole question about, ethical business in the branding space and just right. in the online space in general. And so that's sort of, yeah, where I've landed now. Yeah. For now. And then, you know, yeah. t- in five, 10 years, maybe it'd be something different. I, I think Aaron and I can both relate on that. We're both multifaceted, multi-passionate, been in the entrepreneur space for quite some time. And, you know, and I love that you had said just because you can do everything doesn't mean you have to do everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and just getting really crystal clear on what it is that, you know, you're really good at, but it actually feels the most passionate and, and aligned with who you are at that different stages, you know, as we evolve and grow in our business and, and our personal lives. I love that. I love that you just, you know, the transparency there, because I think for many listeners, they might just say, oh, well, that was just something that she just landed, or maybe it was really good at that one thing. Um, You know, what kind of advice would you give to somebody listening right now and just, you know, find how would they find that if they're kind of torn between there's 10 things that they're really good at and they love all 10 things? How do you pick one? I would do them all like at the earlier parts, like do them all and figure out where you're, you know, a couple things. One is like, where are you getting the most joy? Like, yeah, there's a lot of things that I like doing. Do I like doing them all the time or <laughs> is it for a certain kind of client? Like, you know, and so then you're sort of thinking like, okay, am I, do I offer these suite of things, but it's to this certain kind of person. Right. So then you're like niching that way or right. So try all the things And the other, the other piece of it is 
where are the people or the businesses that you're working with having the most success and experiencing like the best transformation? And so a lot of times it's like, we can focus so much on us, but if you like a lot of different things, I think there's a lot of value in finding where people are experiencing you the best. So where are the clients or the you know business owners that you're working with having the most success and going to be able to get you, you know, testimonials and case studies and things like that, where, where they're really getting an equal amount of joy as that, as you are. And not to say that you can't like do all the things like maybe an agency is a better model for you. And then you end up bringing on team members to help support you in these, all these other avenues. Um, if you're just like, I don't want to just do this one thing, you know, I think that there's a lot of chatter around like niching and it being like this one thing that you do. And I don't like entirely agree with that. And I also don't really agree with like picking that one thing at the very beginning. I think that figuring out your sweet spot is an organic process that happens through trial and error and just over time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, that's kind of my thoughts on that. I, I, <laughs> I like that too. Cause I think so many people like want to like know what it is before they yeah. start, you know? And it's like, no, you like, you got to go screw a bunch of things up and figure out what you don't screw up. That right. much. Yeah. And, go and, with that, and like, like what you don't, what you it's almost more valuable to figure out what you don't like than it is of even what you do like. Right. I've done things and I'm like never doing that again. Right. I'm like, I hated that. I'm never doing that again. Right. Or they just sound sexy. Right. Like whatever the big buzzword is and, Oh, I got to do that because that's what the next best thing is. But really it's just not, I don't know. But I'm curious what you were saying um, because you you said something really interesting a few minutes ago and I wanted to like ask about it because you were talking about like, people that help branding and they might not be ready for what you have yet because they don't know their product well enough. And then you got into a thing that sounded like you maybe want to talk about it, but I don't know about being ethical. (laughs) There's probably a lot of companies out there. (laughs) I don't have like a whole to do about this, but you know, I think that, um, I think people start businesses and they want and, and or in the branding or design space. And at the end of the day, you're running a business and people want to make money, right? Like I work with business owners all the time who are just getting started. And at the end of the day, they need to make money. And so getting clients is like their number one thing. And so I hear that and I, I understand that, but not every, you know, I, I sometimes, I guess what I'm saying is sometimes I have someone come on a a call with me who you know, maybe money's just not even an issue. Like that's not the problem. Right. But I could take their $5,000 or whatever it is and do brand strategy and brand identity and, or just like brand identity for them. And we could create a wonderful, beautiful brand identity, but like five months from now, when this person is like, and I can, I can see this being in this seasoned position that I'm in now that like, I can see that there's going to, so much is going to happen from now till, you know, six months from now. And likely their brand identity is going to need to be reflective of that. So would it be, would it make sense for me to take this person's money and build out this comprehensive brand identity? And then six months to even a year, they have to turn around and reinvest in redoing the whole thing because there was a whole bunch of learning that needed to happen. Now, for me, part of the fix of that is 
people don't spend enough time on brand strategy before they dive into the visuals. And the visuals are exciting and sexy and everyone wants this logo and colors and fonts. And and I love that, right? Because I obviously, I love that. Um, yeah. But I do think it's so important to get clear on who your clients are, your product, the gaps you're filling, you know, all these other like pieces of, a, of your brand strategy that sort of lay the foundation for then your brand identity design. And it's a hard sell because people just want the visuals, right? And right. so, you know, I very much lean into like, I'm going to trust the process that I believe brand strategy has to either happen at the same time or before brand identity design. And all the people who are meant to, you know, be in my world are going to are going to get that and, 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 or are going to be open to learning and understanding that and trust that process. And so that my point is like, that's meant saying no, even when like, yeah, I could have, I would have liked the five grand or like, I would have liked this, but like, I knew this, these, I knew they weren't ready for it business wise, even if they had the money. Right. That's not even like getting into the part where like people who don't have the funds available and you're just like, just put it on your credit card. Like I, you know, like I'm not, I don't love that. And yeah, and not that there's anything wrong with that. Like there's nothing wrong with sales and selling and like having a way of doing it, but I'm talking for me, like it doesn't feel ethical for me. And so it's my job to trust and figure out a more creative solution to that, that does feel good for me. And that's felt like leading with brand strategy at the same time or before brand identity. Right. And I felt like they, they kind of go hand in hand anyway. I, well, yeah. I I guess from, from my own experience, like it was coming to the table with, okay, let's get really uh, clear on your ideal, you know, audience. What is it, you know, uh, the demographics and the psychographics and getting really crystal clear. And then it's like, but even as you as an individual can evolve, you feel like maybe that person has evolved with you. And so mm-hmm. kind of going back to that situation be like, okay, but maybe my ideal person isn't at that starting line anymore. So how do we get to her? Maybe, you know, a couple different, you know, stages ahead. And so kind of that whole branding, but I love that you, you know, having that, that transparency and honesty up front. Like, listen, if you are not ready or at least a couple steps ahead, then I'm not ready to do this because I know where you're going to be in a few months from here. So I love that you, you respect that. And I think, you know, it's admirable because there's so many others out there. that are just like, well, they came to me, they got their credit card in hand. I'm going to swipe it. And uh, you know, hopefully I'll have a repeating customer, but if I feel like if you, in anyone in a service space industry, they have to look at it as like, you're trying to not keep them on forever, but giving them enough to lead them on their own and especially mm-hmm. in like coaching industry. So I love that. So thank you for sharing that because it, it is, it's so needed to hear. And I think it's refreshing to hear as well. So thank you. Yeah. I mean, that that's where brand strategy uh, or brand identity breakthrough was born from that product that you had mentioned in my, in the beginning of this episode, that self-liquidating offer product that was born from this was like, okay, these people that I'm telling no, or the ones who don't even get on a call or make it past an application or who are just getting started. And I don't want them to go and spend thousands of dollars. Like what, where do they go besides like Fiverr or 99 designs, right. And end up with some like robot creating crappy logos for them, (laughs) you know? So like, (laughs) 
how like literally so how can these how can people get um how can i be in a state of abundance and know that like i can give 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 and it's and then people are introduced to me and my world and like what i do without it having to be this like giant investment. And so that was how brand identity breakthrough was created, which is the logo templates um, that are, you know, designed by me. So they're in our style. We've got color palettes, font pairings, right. And that's all it's $27. So it's like great, easy, low ticket investment for you to get a brand identity and get like design support along the way without having to like spend thousands. So that was like, And the reason why I say that is not to plug the product, like go grab the product if you need it. But like when I first launched that and I was running ads, I would get a lot of messages from designers like, you're ruining the design industry. Like, why are you doing this? Like, meanwhile, it's like Canva, Fiverr, like not those things all exist. Right. So like regardless of me being here with another solution, like there's a bunch of other solutions for people to like get a logo really cheap. So I would get those messages and I would try to try to talk to these designers. Like, listen, I, this is my take on it. It's like, I, I'm not going to just take any client. This was where this was born out of this idea of like, I'm not saying yes to every single person. And then where are these people going? Right. So I'm looking at it, like I can give them a solution. And then like you said, when they're at another stage in their business, do I have other offers for them that work like that fit for where they're at. Maybe eventually they come to me for one-on-one design. Maybe they don't, I don't even offer that right now. So it's like, you know, like, right. I don't know where they end up from here. Like aside from my, the suite of my products, but uh, it definitely didn't come from like, how can I become the Walmart of graphic design? Cause right. there's a million right. out there. Yes. Awesome. So like, so people come to you and they work with you on that aspect. Do you do any of the, um, like helping them get their message clear? Uh, do you offer any of the you know, like copywriting aspects of it to help really get them from ground up to where they need to be? Yeah. So I used to run courses, um, on different topics like this and, I've done away with that. And now I, my other like main product is a brand strategy blueprint and brand strategy blueprint is exactly what you're talking about. So it's like your 13 steps of brand strategy, the logo and the brand identity pieces are one part of the, or one step of the 13. And then the rest of it is like your differentiator, your, you know, your mission statement, you've got like your values, your voice, your value proposition, like all of that is in there. And it's a DIY, like you've got a workbook and a template that allows you to create this beautiful, like internal guide for your, you and any team members that you bring on. Um, But even if you never did like the template and made it look all beautiful, you still got the workbook that takes you step-by-step with examples of brand stories, with examples of value propositions, examples of of mission statements, you know, all of that is in there so that you can reflect on those, write your own. And then you do, there is the option for you to then submit it to us and we'll like go through it, do a whole loom video breakdown of like, here's where, what needs to be adjusted. And then you've got this great like brand strategy guide for you moving forward for you to always come back and reflect on as you hire new people, as you, you know, do a brand photo shoot, as 
you create new products. So, so yeah, that it's, it, I, I pretty much took everything I would do with a one-on-one client as far as creating foundation for their business brand messaging wise and turned it into the workbook and the template. And so you kind of just bounce back and forth. There's videos and, and stuff. So Awesome. So those who are listening, that is gold so that you don't have to spend the 5,000 and come back a few months later, 5,000, but it's, it's really cool that, uh, yeah, you just simplified it and now you're giving them the templates. And so like when they, you know, maybe start at the very beginning and six months from now, they're like, Oh, I watched the evolution. Now I feel so confident in like who my person is, what my brand is, what the message is. And that's where you can take them on into, you know, if you need additional help into your one-on-ones, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you were to offer and- them. Yeah. 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 And it's interesting that you say that because, you know, this season of life that I'm in right now, it's like, I have my four-year-old, she's bonkers, amazingly bonkers. And I'm pregnant with my second child right now. And I look at my, just my season right now. And I'm like, I have a couple mentorship one-on-one mentorship that I work with. So I'm not really doing brand strategy with them or designing for them, but I'm mentoring them on their business. And I have a couple contractors who work with me, like a copywriter and a tech person to help support my my mentees. So that's like my one-on-one way. But what I love is like, I started these digital products during 2020. And I was really kind of like, People are not in a position to be spending like thousands of dollars anyway. Like, honestly, they, it really like as society as a whole, like we were just in this collective like pause of financial, like we don't really know what's happening. Right. And so I created this low ticket product and it just sold so well. And I, over the last like five months have really sort of been unpacking like why do I love this so much? Like, why do I love selling these products this way? Like besides of like, yes, it's a revenue stream. Right. And I like money and I run a business and all that, but I figured out that it's such a direct connection to the product-based business, like activewear that I had. And I'm, I'm realizing like, I love product creation. I love, I've been in product creation and manufacturing. I was in that world for so long, not even with just my line. Like I was in licensing before with children's sporting goods. And my position there was like taking Marvel and Disney graphics and the new movies that would come out and creating these awesome products and then getting them into Target and Kmart and Walmart, like helmets and skateboards. And I love seeing something from idea beginning to here it is in real life and it's being used. And so when I created this digital product, I all of a sudden unlocked what I loved about product creation of, oh, I have an idea. I create something. I sell it. They get it. They use it. Here it is on their website. Here's their brand identity. Here's their foundation that they created. And I'm like, not that I'm hands off. Like I coach inside our Facebook group. There's over 7,000 people in there, like talking about brand strategy and brand identity and asking questions. Like, but I love the like creation of something, get it on a website, sell it, boom, bang, done. And so I sort of, for me, that was like, I figured out like, oh, I don't have to be hosting weekly group calls in a coaching environment. Like I 
just didn't thrive in that. And maybe from the outside looking in for the last handful of years, it was like, great. She's has 30, 50 people like in this group coaching program. But at the end of the day, I was depleted getting off these group calls. And you know, not that I didn't love it. If any of my like past students are listening, like I love, I love seeing them succeed. Right. And so how can I see people succeed quicker and in a way that also feels good for me? And so that's how I got into like the digital product creation and why I don't really have one-on-one support right now. And like, to what you were saying before, I've totally had that shiny object syndrome where I see someone else doing something. And I'm like, like Aaron said, I'm like, Oh, like, this is so exciting. I want to try this. Oh, I want an agency. Right. And then I'm like, I don't want that like at all. And what I want is what I've already been doing. So let me just keep doing more of what I've been doing. Mm. Yeah. I think that's a, it's such a, a great kind of revelation there when you can come full circle and be like, you know, I think even for me and my own personal experience, I've done, I've done that many times, like shiny object syndrome, like Mm. I'm doing this, but I see all that stuff that sounds and looks and could be a twin of what I'm doing. So I feel like I need to go in that direction. But when you come full circle, you're like, I actually didn't want any of that. I just wanted to do what I was initially doing. And so Mm -hmm. that's where I'm finding myself in my own evolution, right back at the starting line. I feel like did I just waste a bunch of years and time and money and all this energy and whatever? But I think it's kind of the lear- learning uh, learning curve is that you find out through trial and error what really is so in alignment with who you are and like your purpose and your soul's calling kind of thing. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, for anyone listening, I think it's, it is hard to find that one thing. And, and, you know, when I asked that question, I was just curious to see how you would you know, answer it because I think we see out there in the, in our culture, you have to do one thing, you know, follow this one, one thing, take action on one thing. Isn't there a book called like do this one thing or something like that. And, (laughs) and it's like, but who is so linear? Like who is so one track minded? Who is only one identity? So I feel like that, you know, for anyone who has passions in, in heart and uh, soul into anything else, we can't just limit and define ourselves by one thing and doing only one thing because it's very monotone and boring. Mm-hmm. Well, in, in my perspective, if, if you're <laughs> well, that person, I, that- I, I love that you can, but I think, you know, for those who are so multi-passionate, yeah. it means that if you're just pigeonholing yourself into one thing, that it almost means that you have to turn off anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I never want that for anybody because I, you know, for me, I'm just thinking like, live your best life, like whatever it is. So yeah, I love that. I love that we talked about it. Yeah. So Nikki, I'm going to go a different direction for a second, but it's not, it's the same, but it's not It's about (laughs) being true to you and where you're at. Right. And not trying to do too many things. Cause I feel like something that gets overlooked and definitely something I've struggled with before is you talk about being like a mom. And like you said, Earlier in the beginning of this, you said like for the season I'm at right now, this is like you have your mentee program, right? Like that's Mm -hmm. what you're doing, right? So obviously if you're always been an entrepreneur, I know what that's like to be like, oh my God, like slowing down. Like I have one and a half year old and then I'm pregnant now with my second. I'm like, holy, I want to do all the things I've been doing. But like, so I guess my question is like coming to the terms with like, this is my season and that's okay. Like, yeah, this is what I can do. I think. I have had, just being honest, like I've had a way easier transition this time. When I had my daughter, I was, like I said earlier, like I was, everything changed. Like I had just, I was newly married. So I'm like, okay, I have this new 
relationship dynamic in some capacity. And, um, and then I sold my business and I had her and I was like, what is this season? (laughs) It's like, I don't know anything about this. Right. And so that was a hard, that was hard for me. It took me like six months to really kind of like figure out what I was doing, you know, know maybe cause I'm a year and a half and still figuring it out. Oh yeah. Well, what I mean is like, it took me until a couple months ago to be like, okay, we can do this again and we can yeah. get pregnant again. Cause I was still just kind of like, what am I doing? Yeah, um, yeah. I'm still like, what am I doing? But it, my point about this season is like, now I'm like, I think I'm way, I spent the last couple of years just really diving into just like spirituality and my faith and like all of that, that I have so much trust in the process now that like, I, this feels, it feels so different now that even I, I purposefully, like I have, I didn't work barely at all in December. And I, I knew that I was going into that, that I wanted like December off. And that was so new, right. For me to be like, okay, I'm turning off. Cause I'm a doer. Like I, you know, then I happened to have been pregnant and had no energy anyway. So it was wonderful to just be like, yeah, I don't have client work. Like I have, you know, some responsibilities, but like for the most part I'm not. And so slowing down for me is just, I have such a different relationship with it now than I did even like when my daughter was a year and a half old. Like it's so, it's so different now for me that I'm, I'm like embracing it. And I also see how much actually it gets done when I slow down, like clarity wise, these things that are different than like, you know, getting email campaigns out or like launching another funnel, like things that aren't that, that are clarity, um, better understanding of like where I'm going, what I need to be like spending my time on. And all of that is so suppressed when I'm constantly going, going, going. Mm -hmm. Um, that now I'm like, I don't even like have goals set for this new year yet. Like in my business, I don't have like, I don't really have an agenda. I have like some things that I'm working on and little projects, but I'm like just getting into them. And I'm not like, I don't have these like strict parameters around them, which feels, um, which like feels really good for where I'm at. So I'm, really trying to embrace this season of life and this pregnancy. When I was pregnant with my daughter, I, funny story. So I sent out, my husband and I were engaged and we got pregnant and I sent out my save the dates about a week before I got pregnant and my daughter or found out I was pregnant and my daughter's due date was October 4th and our wedding was September 27th. And I was like, wow not going to work. So like, we just had this like, okay, like God's got a different plan for us. So we ended up like, we ended up moving our um, wedding date to earlier. So I was 20 weeks pregnant when I got married. And, uh, so I was 20 weeks pregnant when I got married. So that whole first half of pregnancy was getting wedding ready and like dress and, you know, showers and like all the things. So I really wasn't like focused a lot on pregnancy. I was just kind of moving through the motions and and excited about getting married. And then the second half after we got married was we're going to sell the business. And so then it was like getting everything ready to sell the business and, you know, everything that came with that. So this time I was like, I just want to like be pregnant and I want to enjoy it. And like, 
I, you know, thankfully and gratefully I've, I had a wonderful first pregnancy health wise. And I'm like, I can just do that again and like, enjoy it. I'm here for that. And, you know, and however my business rolls through that, like, I know, I trust that it's going to be like exactly as it should be. Love it. I feel like that now too with my son, cause he's like a one and a half and, and just like being a mom, you know, like it's a really yeah. cool thing. And I feel like his first like four or five months of life, I was like most moms. Right. As I, but I was just like stressed and I had like, oh, uh, this might sound bad. So don't, you will know what I mean. Like I didn't have resentment about my son, but I had re- like, I was mourning for my former life for sure. The freedom yeah. and like mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. And so now it's like, it's such a different point where it's like, like, like you just said, like, I'm like, I'm excited for the second child. I was like, I feel like I'm going to enjoy the first couple months more because I know what I know now. Yeah. <laughs> right. And I was like, you don't get those moments back, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, sorry, kid. I feel like sorry I, I was so able much- to you your first six months. <laughs> but. I think it's a part of it that doesn't always, you know, it's that fourth trimester they talk about, which, you know, yeah. is, I also think there's a special not special. Well, yeah, special, but like a different dynamic when you are a business owner and you work at home and you also are like momming. Like I very naively went, had my daughter kind of like, oh yeah, I'm just going to like work and be a stay at home mom. Like I very much was like, I'm going to just do them together. And I, I struggled definitely with some like postpartum anxiety and I wouldn't, I don't think depression, but definitely like anxiety of just like, I don't need help. Like I'm a do, I can do it all. I've got it. I'm good. I'm working like, you know, and all of a sudden I was like, I don't fucking want to be a stay-at-home mom. Like this isn't (laughs) what I want. Like I like working. I like having my space. Like I love my daughter, but like I'm, I'm independent and my husband, like he knows that. And so, you know, I sort of went through again, this, like during that whole, like undoing of like, is this okay? Like I, I, where I live and there's definitely tons of women who work, but there's also a lot of women in like Palm beach County and where I'm at who don't work. And whether they don't work because they don't want to work or like they don't work because they don't have to work or like whatever it is, they're just, you know, raising kids. And I just felt like, oh, that's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to do that, but I'm also going to like make money at the same time and work. And I don't like that balance. Like personally, like I don't like momming at the same time that I'm like on a call and I get it. Like, I understand that some women are so fine with that and they homeschool and run a business. And I am like, F no, like I don't have a desire to do that at all. Count me out. So, you know, there was like a, a sort of getting over the guilt of that and realizing like, oh, I can just decide that that's not what I want to do and be okay with that and not feel like I'm like a crappy mom or like whatever it is. Cause I don't want to like make snack plates and be on zoom calls at the same time. Right. I'm with you. I think that's just cool to like, just know like that's who you are and that's what you stand for. Cause obviously your whole message and branding is being true to you and that's where you are right now and you know who you are. So that all lines up. So where would people find if someone wanted to work with you, help out with branding, where could they find information? Well, obviously include it in the show notes, but if you want to say kind of where they can yeah. find some uh, You know, social media is great. 
Nikki Arnsman is my handle and there's a link in my bio and you can get to stuff there. Um, the easiest way, if you are needing like brand identity stuff and support with visuals is brand identity breakthrough is like the, my core product. And that kind of leads you into then the rest of the rest of my product. So we can link up that product if they want to check that out. Um, if you have any questions about it, you can reach out through social media. That's like the easiest way I feel like is Instagram DM me and I can answer any questions there in our, my, our one project, our pipeline project right now is uh, creating a uh, digital product store. So we're going to have a shop that's going to have all of our products, all of our templates, um, everything on there. So that'll be like the easiest place to go and access everything. Ooh, that's awesome. All, all one place keeps it simple. And I think that's pretty much who you, you and your brand is all about, you know, giving that, that freedom back for women. So thank you so much for being our guest. And of course, we're going to include everything in the show notes. So we just look forward to following along with you and your journey. Thank you for taking the time. Yeah. Thank you for having me. We appreciate you so much listening to our podcast. If you love what you've been hearing from us and looking forward to future content, make sure you take a few minutes to subscribe, like our podcast and review the Confident Woman podcast. We appreciate it so, so much. All right. Thank you so much for listening to the Confident Woman podcast. Um, For more ways to connect with us, check out our Facebook group. It's The Confident Woman on Facebook. There's a ton of amazing ladies in that group that you can connect with as well. My Instagram is at Erin underscore travels for life. Make sure you go ahead and follow that and follow Rachel as well. What is yours, Rachel? You can follow me on all social medias at I am Rachel Brooks. Awesome. Thanks so much. Look forward to checking you next week.